the herald angels sing glory to ladies and gentlemen live and direct from the studios of the rock am 1260 cleveland catholic radio welcome to our special christmas broadcast who is that man we have searched the world over we have looked for things seen and unseen and we have discovered him the man the legend the voice live and in person our dear friend let's hear it for raymond arroyo i I wanted to do it like a wwe thing for you raymond but uh well uh, this was good enough i think yeah well uh, my walking into the ring might not be as impressive as somebody so it's probably a good thing that you didn't do that but thank you for having me i'm delighted and uh, hey i did get to hear the band and uh, the NOLA players and, and uh, the boys singer, pretty good. So here we are, friends. Uh, obviously, Raymond Arroyo, EWTN uh, legend here, is our is our uh, host for this special program on The Rock. I'm Dick Russ. Dan Dealey's our producer. And uh, we're in the studios here in the Cleveland area, and Raymond is in uh, New Orleans. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot of things with Raymond. I'd, I'd, I'd like to, again, welcome you back, dear friend. You know, you have a lot of fans here in Cleveland, and uh, it's good to have you uh, talking about uh, something that's a lot of folks didn't know was a part of your life, a very big part of your life, and that's music. Well, in my background, look, I, I went to a, a New Orleans Center of Creative Arts, which is sort of our high school for the performing arts in New Orleans, and Ellis Marcellus ran that, of course, the patriarch of the Marcellus family. So, uh, you know, I was in the theater program, they were in the jazz program, but we overlapped a lot and got to say, see everybody from Dizzy Gillespie to Sarah Vaughan, to you name it, come through those doors. When you're around that kind of musicality, you almost can't help but pick it up. So it's kind of in my blood, um, you know, music and jazz particularly, and, but straight classical jazz, not progressive. Mm-hmm. I don't like progressive yeah. jazz, never did. But I'm bringing the show, uh, Christmas, Merry and Bright is, of course, my first album, my first Christmas album. But we're bringing the tour to Cleveland on the 15th of December. And my pal Frankie Avalon is coming with me. He's going to sing some of his hits. We're going to do some Christmas songs together. And I'll be with the big band doing numbers from the, the album and giving people the backstory of these Christmas songs they didn't know. We take these songs for granted, Dick. You know, we hear Hark the Herald Angels Sing, or you hear, uh, you know, Do You Hear What I Hear, or Deck the Halls. And they're almost like background noise during Christmas. But when I was, you know, let me tell you what happened, how, how this came to be, this Christmas Merry and Bright album. Because I know for some in the audience, it's kind of a, it's like, why is he singing? What is this? Well, I'll tell you what it is. Um, I sang many years ago. I was trained as an actor. I did musicals, toured the country doing them, and then I segued into journalism. And um, I I thought, well, I'd left that part of my life behind. But because of the Christmas specials on The World Over, where I sang with Johnny Mathis and Aaron Neville and uh, Keely Smith over the years, a a record producer approached me and said, would you do a Christmas album? And I originally said, no, I I don't think I need to. (laughs) What am I going to do a Christmas album for? But I thought about it. I dug into some of my favorite Christmas songs. And, you know, I almost approached it like I was writing a book on the topic. And I dug deep and found all these fascinating origin stories and the context of these beloved Christmas carols and even contemporary classics that I never knew before. And what it did was it blew my expectations away. And I said, okay, we could 
set these songs in a new framing, in new orchestrations and arrangements, and allow this information to shape our approach so that you're kind of restoring these songs to their original intention. Well, I have to tell you, what we opened the program with here, uh, Raymond, was Hark the Herald Angels Sing in in a way I have never heard it played before. No, no. Well, you always hear it with flat, boring choirs that sap the dynamism, the energy, the excitement out of the song. You know, you've heard it. Hark the herald angels sing. Mm. That's not the song. The song is an explosion of joy. And this is what I'm, uh, what most captivated me. I realized every one of these great writers, every one of these poets who, who labored over these lyrics, they were straining at the divine. They're straining to capture the excitement, the joy the awesome thunderstrike of God coming to earth as a little child. That's the, and we, we take that for granted too, Dick. We kind of, oh yeah, here he is again. Here comes the kid. Oh, there's the, the star and the, and the baby and Mary and Joseph. Okay. No, no, no. God walked among us and walks among us. And the, the thrill, the awesome quality of that is what Hark the Herald Angels Sing and Go Tell It on the Mountain is about. You know, they're so excited, you've got to go tell it on the mountain. By the way, I'll give you some of the backstory. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Uh, that song was written um, in England, and the original lyric is, Hark how all the welkin shines. Welkin was an old English term for heavens. And this, the guy who wrote Hark the Herald Angels Sing, a friend of his, hated the lyrics, so he rewrote it. Mm. He rewrote the poem. And that's why we have Hark the Herald Angels Sing today. A hundred years later, they take that poem and they attach it to a melody by Frederick Mendelssohn, who had written that melody, actually, for a, a song about Gutenberg and the printing press. Uh, and the interesting thing, and shows you how God works, Mendelssohn left in his will that his songs could be used for any purpose and repurposed in any way, except he didn't want them used for religious songs. Hmm. <laughs> well, the amazing thing is, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, this explosion of joy, wonderful lyrics, you know, uh, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, behold the incarnate deity. And when you do that, Dick, with 20 pieces roaring at you, they suddenly pop to life, those yeah. lyrics. Takes, it takes life. a new meaning, yeah. You, you, you go like back to the, theory. like you said, go back to the core meaning. And I just thought about it as you were explaining, the fellows that wrote these songs straining to find the exact words in whatever yeah. language they wrote them in to bring out the joy, the I mean, the the most pivotal event, uh, you know, in, in the history of mankind. History. Yeah. 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 It's a thrill. It's a thrill. And so I went to Kevin Koska, and, and just so you know, when, when, we, when I said, okay, we'll do this Christmas Merry and Bright album, and I have to tell you, Dick, I am, I am humbled, I am awestruck by the way the audience has embraced the album. Um, we have been the number one jazz release on Amazon for two months straight. Yeah. Um, and when I look at that and I see my heroes, I mean, the other day the publisher sent me a, a you know the, the the sheet there. You could see it now when you pull up the bestsellers for jazz. I saw it. Yep. And, yep. and there's Ella Fitzgerald, and there's Frank Sinatra, Bing and Crosby, Crosby yep. and Dean Martin, I, and Nat King Cole. I mean, it makes me want to weep. You know, I saw Sinatra thirty times in concert. You know, I saw Ella Fitzgerald at Radio City when I was in college, and I bought. You know, she had two shows back to back. I saw both of them. You know, I, I'm I was. I love these people because 
they honored lyrics. They deeply understood there was an intelligence that Sinatra brought to, to his interpretation. And, but there was an excitement. He loved the music, and everyone was joined in the purpose of that. And now, so when I approached this, I said, I need original arrangements. I don't want to use somebody else's arrangements. Let's get uh, somebody who's really special to do this for us. And we called Kevin Koska. Kevin is the guy who did The Greatest Showman, of course, the great movie, The Greatest Showman. He arranged and orchestrated all of that. The Jungle Book for Disney and Lion King. Uh, he did The Dark Knight, The Passion of the Christ, Mel's movie. He, he, he did all the orchestration. But Kevin's background is in jazz, big band jazz. Um, and he agreed to do new arrangements for me. But we did it with this particular mindset. So, for instance, the Hark the Herald Angels Sing that you heard, I said, I want to hear thunderous angels in the arrangement. I want to hear the awesome you know, power of those angels. Because, it, Dick, I remember Mother Angelica telling me, every time you encounter an angel in the Scripture, what does it say? First thing the angel says is, be not afraid. Mm -hmm. Well, that gives you an indication of what you're dealing with. These aren't little fat cherubs that, that are happy, smiling-faced kids with wings. No, 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 no. These are fearsome creatures, whatever they are. Yeah, with flaming, flaming swords and, and trumpets uh, heralding their, uh, yeah. their arrival. Yeah. So I said, let's make this a kind of dynamic, fearsome arrangement that, you know, I want to feel swooping angels in the arrangement. And he wrote that. So every song we went through, whether it was a tender ballad, I Heard the Bells, or Silent Night, or Hark the Herald, or Go Tell It on the Mountain, it was with a particular mindset of revivifying these songs we love and casting them in a way that I think puts them in their original setting, the way they were intended to be imparted. And uh, I discovered things I never knew about these songs, about the lyrics, what they meant. And to me, uh, I've been celebrating Christmas since June. My wife is ready to kill me because she said, if you sing another Christmas carol, I'm literally going to call the lawyer. Well, but, uh, sounds like our house. Yet, so okay. <laughs> I, just heard, I, I just heard the Christmas carols on the, on the radio this morning, and I said, well, uh, and we're recording this on uh, 29th of, of November, and I said, I, I don't know if I'm ready for Christmas carols. And my wife, Chris, says, well, come on. You know, it's after Thanksgiving. They're all playing Christmas carols. I don't know. But, and, and you're back to June. Good for you, yeah, old pal. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, you got to start early because we recorded, you know, we recorded this album in August yeah. in the dead of summer. Mm -hmm. um, so you have to prepare. Sure. And so I've been I've been working on this for, you know, a, a big chunk of the year. Yeah. But I love that the audience has found it. And I think, you know, I had somebody ask me the other day, why do you think it's resonated? Um, and part of it is, I think they feel the authenticity of the of our approach. Uh, the band is incredible. Look, I've got 20 of the best sidemen in the country. All of these guys live in New Orleans. All of them have played for people like Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin and Ella Fitzgerald, Johnny Mathis. When you bring that kind of experience and men who've been playing together for 20 and 30 years side by side, there's a brotherhood, there's a joy, there's a kind of ease that I could never have recreated anywhere else mm -hmm. or, 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 or faked anywhere else. Uh, that's um, the NOLA players, right? The NOLA players, yeah, yeah they're right. incredible, wow. and and they're touring with me. They'll be coming with me on the fifteenth to Cleveland, um, to the Key State Theater, uh, and you can go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. All the details are there on the tour, the album. There's a trailer. Um, it's it's a joyous project. I love doing it, and uh, yeah, I want to encourage people. I want to remind them again, Raymond, while we're here. Uh, it's 15th of December, a Friday. I think it's at 7:30 at the State. 
And uh, I, I don't know if you've uh, uh, done things at the State Theater at, at Cleveland's Playhouse Square, but, you know, it's the largest entertainment, I think, believe it's the second largest entertainment district in, in the United States. It's it's huge. Right. It's fabulous. It's incredible. It, it, these these are places that are 100 years old, as all the folks around here know, uh, restored to their original beauty and, and bringing a show like yours to this um, uh, Raymond Royal Christmas, go to that website and make your plans now because I checked uh, this morning and tickets are going very fast. By the way, Raymond Royal, we did as a premium here on The Rock yes. uh, give away uh, both the, the, the CD and uh, numbers, I think five pairs of tickets to the show yes. uh, recently and uh, the competition I need those tickets. I'll. I would like those tickets. I'll donate for those. And we we couldn't keep them in the studio long enough to. I mean, barely put a stamp on them. No, no. Well, look, it's going to be a great show. I hope everybody will come out, and I really hope people will bring their community groups, their parish groups. You know, the the, the you were telling me about a small group of guys you you meet with occasionally. Bring your groups, come together, bring family. Look, we pr- I, I purposely tried to keep the pr- ticket price as low as I could when we negotiated with, with the key state because I want people to be able to bring grandma and grandpa and the kids and, and aunts and uncles. It is meant to be experienced together. It's a family show. There's comedy. There's nostalgia. There's beautiful music. And for me, it's a moment to sort of lift our spirits and point us all to the real reason that we celebrate Christmas, the real reason all these great artists bent their talents uh, to to capture the reality of what we should be focused on, meditating on, bathing in during Christmas. And it's not frosty and it's not reindeer. That's sweet and nice, and look, we had it certainly for our children. But there's something more, and there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of drama and joy to be mined there that I think we've missed along the way. Uh, a lot of singers, you know, I, I won't tell you which singer, but I interviewed a singer a few years ago, and I asked him, I said, you know, y- y- you you sing these songs every year. You go on tour, you do a Christmas show. I said, what is it like? They're such beautiful songs. They're so woven into our lives. And he said, oh, it's cotton candy to me. Hmm. I just think of it like cotton candy. I kind of just sing along. And I thought to myself, it kind of broke my heart when I heard that, because <laughs> I don't sing along. I think you have to commit 110%, and the singers I love, uh, Sinatra and, and, and Barbara Cook and uh, Sarah Vaughan, when they sang, they were all in emotionally, intellectually. And I think these Christmas songs are of such magnitude and beauty. They need that attention, and we've ignored them or sung along to them for too long. So come and experience these songs anew. And I think you're going to have a great time with the family. Yeah, all, you and all the folks that you have worked with in collaboration on this uh, magnificent project. When you, I think when you get down to it, deep down in, in the heart and the soul of a person who truly believes, when you think about what Christmas is, what it seems to me, Raymond, is that this project kind of brought out maybe from the depths of what uh, your musicians, your your arranger, your composer, your, your co-workers on this kind of felt it was there. And, and if it hadn't bubbled to the top completely all the time, it probably did in this case, which... You know, in a world that is half crazy most of the time, really gives you some hope that deep down inside of us, the, you know, the mystery and the majesty and the glory of the incarnation and the birth of Christ still resonates to the depths of the soul of people 
who will allow themselves to respond to that grace? Well, it's the Holy Spirit. Look, Dick, I think all of, I think all of our talents, uh, all, all of our callings, the way events conspire, sometimes good events, sometimes very bad ones, they conspire, and the Holy Spirit uses them to move events in the way they're supposed to move. And that's how I feel about this project. It, we called it Christmas Merry and Bright because I thought the world is such a dark place right now, and we need a spark of light. We need that. Um, what's what's the what's the lyric in the in the great medley we do here? We do a medley of uh, the first Noel and We Magi of Orient are. I changed it from mm-hmm. the Three Kings to We Magi. I'll tell you why later if you'd like. But um, I, there's that there's a song about the wondrous light. You know, and that's what conjoins those two songs. It's about the dawning light of Christ. Yes, the Bethlehem star, but also the second lyric, the the, the We Magi, talks about, you know, bring us to thy heavenly light. Lead us to thy heavenly light. And to me, that's what this entire project was about. Leading us to that heavenly light, being guided by that heavenly light. And it came, look, it comes fitfully, it was very fast, but to be able to have the, the honor and the blessing, Dick, because uh, I had record producers tell me, oh, we'll just record the band, and you go back in later, and then you can do multiple takes and do your own take in a booth, and we'll just blend it together later, and auto-correct and auto-tune. I said, no, we're not doing that. I said, I want to be in the room with the band at the same time, and that's what we did. And I did that for a particular reason. First of all, all my favorite singers, that's how they recorded. Nat King Cole and Sinatra and uh, the, you know, all these great singers, they, they were in the room with the band. And some people can't figure out why. I know why. Because you, ha- you have a communication with the band in the room. Mm-hmm. There's the spirit moving among you. You're riding their wave. To be able to have the honor of doing that for 12 tracks was such a gift to me. And now to be able to take that band on the road is like blessing upon blessing. So I am so excited to share this with an audience live and to come to Cleveland. I have so many friends in Cleveland over so many years. Uh, and, of course, you know, Mother Angelica finding her religious vocation there on Euclid Avenue. And now, isn't the Key State on Euclid Avenue? It is, indeed. Euclid Avenue. Yep. Right down so the road. To me, it's kind of full circle. Um, and, and you know, I, I just love that I'm coming there on the 15th. She, she would have been proud of you back on Euclid oh, Avenue. she would have been in the first row. I promise <laughs> She would have loved the show. No one loved Christmas more than Mother Angelica. Mother, and you know, she and I were such kindred spirits on this. Um, she, she would come down the hallways and people, some people, I think, thought she was crazy, because during, during the lead-up to Christmas, she would see you in the hall, and she wouldn't say hello or how are you doing. She'd say, he's coming, he's coming, <laughs> and walk right by you. And people were like, what's she talking about? I said, Jesus, she's talking about the coming of the Lord, she's waiting. But she had that childlike exuberance and um, such joy every year. And I hope that that's what we brought not only to this album, to this music, but we'll bring to people live when we join them together. We're with Raymond Arroyo of, of EWTN bringing these uh, Merry, uh, Christmas Merry and Bright uh, show to the State Theater on Friday the 15th of December. Uh, you can go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com and find out more and make arrangements to get yourself and your family and your friends there. Uh, this is Dick Russ in the studio. Dan Dealey's producing our special program here uh, with Raymond Arroyo. And so, Raymond, at, at the beginning, you know, we played one of the clips, uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and you told us a little bit of background of the lyrics on that. 
yeah. another quick uh, one or two songs, something about the lyrics that, that we don't know. I think about the only thing I know is uh, we watched the movie about Silent Night. Uh, it was a movie that might have been made in Austria or in Germany mm-hmm. uh, years ago. And it was great. And it showed how they thought up the lyrics and composed the song. And that's a, for me, that's about all I know about how Christmas music was written. What, what else can you tell us about some of the well, songs? Well, that, that song particularly was written by a, a priest. He was a priest um, in uh, Austria. And uh, I can't remember the name, Father Gruber. Um, and he wrote, the, he wrote the lyrics of Silent Night. Um, a church organist wrote the med- melody, mm-hmm. and it's well, the curious thing to me is not even that they wrote it, um, Stile Nock, of course, the original lyric, um, but uh, th- what happened was an organ repairman came to fix the organ there in, in the church, the church of the man who actually wrote the, the medley, and he saw the sheet music on the organ, and he was so taken with it that he asked for a copy. It was that organ repairman who carried the sheet music and spread it throughout Europe and then eventually to America. That's how Silent Night really spread um, from its original uh, conception to many years later becoming the staple that it's become. And of course, one of the most beautiful songs. It's so delicate. You know, that was the song that we were going to do with the band and we ended up doing with just... The, the the light rhythm section and the piano because I thought it was so tender you didn't want to disturb the you know the 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 kind of stillness of that song by having a you know big band behind it again you have to have you have to have a kind of sensitivity about when to deploy particularly when you're talking about the heavy artillery of a horn section yeah. of twenty pieces you know you, you want to deploy them with great care so deck the halls and Go tell it on the mountain and and uh, hark the herald and joy to the world. The horns are great on those numbers; they're just fantastic. Other numbers we pulled back. We used a smaller group of horns. You know, Christmas time is here. That beautiful uh, song from the the Peanuts yes. special, the yeah. Charlie Brown special, um, Charlie Brown Christmas, which almost didn't happen. Did you know? Uh, CBS hated the biblical reference in Charlie Brown Christmas. Hated that Linus read. The, the the book of Luke there um, hated the slow animation and the executives particularly hated the jazz score of Vince Guaraldi. It was the producer of that show, Lee Mendelssohn, who not only fought for the special, fought for the animation, but he loved that that melody that uh, Vince Guaraldi wrote just as an interstitial. It was just for kids skating around, and he wrote the ba da 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 da. Christmas time is here. It was Lee Mendelssohn who put those words to the medley, to the melody rather. Uh, he wrote "Christmas Time Is Here" on his kitchen table because he couldn't get any lyricist to write it. So he he snuck it into the production two weeks before they went to air, and it's been a classic from the day it was first heard. Yeah, Charles oh, Schultz, Sparky, yeah, yeah, yeah Sparky Schultz. He he never never hid the fact that he was a man of faith. And you're right, Linus. Uh, I can remember as a kid every Christmas. Uh, in in the Sunday uh, comic section, it was him, you know, reciting uh, reciting the birth of Christ, uh, and right. uh, the tune that tune now. It I mean, it's a classic up there with with all the rest of them. Hey, it is. Tell no, us about and, and, you go, know, go, like, like like my friend Jose Feliciano's um, Feliz Navidad. Yeah. When I knew I was doing a Christmas album, I thought we need some contemporary songs in. So we did Christmas time is here. Yeah. 
Um, I heard the bells, which is such a beautiful, delicate song. It's not a cla- you know, it's not a contemporary classic. It's an old song. Wadsworth Longfellow wrote it. But um, I wanted to get something contemporary. And if Mariah Carey is the queen of Christmas songs, Jose is certainly the king of them. Um, you know, Feliz Navidad is among the very top downloaded songs of the season and the best-selling song of all time, right after um, Mariah Carey's song. I think we have a clip of that, don't we, Dan? Oh, yeah, let's yeah, play a little, just play a little clip of that. Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Feliz Navidad Prospero año y felicidad Feliz Navidad Oye, que buena está Beautiful, beautiful. Raymond. Well, you hear Jose, he's accompanying me yep. and singing. Now, let me tell you why we did that kind of very gentle approach. As anybody who knows the song, you know, it's usually blaring mariachi horns at the top, you know, and, and it's kind of a, 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 mariachi, a mariachi Christmas fiesta the whole time. But when I interviewed Jose many years ago, he said he wrote the song Under Duress. His producer of his Christmas album desperately wanted an original song, and Jose didn't have one. And he wrote that song in 10 minutes. But what he was thinking was about celebrating Christmas Eve with his mom and dad and brothers on the shoreline of Puerto Rico, where he grew up. He did beating on drums and singing and little tin instruments and singing Spanish Christmas carols. And I said, Jose, I've heard that song about a million times. I've never had that visual picture when I've heard it. Why don't we do a very gentle bossa nova opening? You can accompany me on guitar, and then you join me, and it'll be two brothers singing on the sands of Puerto Rico. He loved the idea. That's what we did. And, of course, the horns come in later. At the end, we have the celebratory horns that join us as we go. But, um, again, that's a great example of a a tender, very tender, sweet version of the song that we almost never intended. It kind of happened in studio. But we let the backstory guide our approach, our vocals, everything. And so I've gotten so many notes and letters from people, you know, about that, that version in particular. Um, well, that backstory now—that that—that is my visual image now. I don't know what sure, it was yeah. before. No, it was when I saw him on TV singing the song, but uh, now that backstory—I I immediately, when you said that, went to like a, a beach in the Caribbean and uh, yeah. could see them. I, I've been there with people who, you know, play the uh, little native instruments or seashells or whatever yeah. they happen to come up with, and um, that—that's the image. You spot on on that. Yeah, no, and he did, he does a beautiful job. I mean, Jose does a little. Um, there's a little flamenco interstitial there, you know, a music bridge in the middle of the song that's so so pretty and sweet, and uh, it was great. We just we just dove into it and uh, did a. You know, it, it turned out so tender. Where you get the celebratory moment, you know, we want to wish you a merry Christmas. He does the whole thing. We do it together, but the end is so gentle. You know, he plays us out. I. I I couldn't have imagined that tune the way it it finally turned out. It was just lovely. And tell us about uh, Frankie Avalon. I I have to tell you, there's there's nobody that grew up in the '50s or '60s or '70s or even even somewhat after that who cannot recognize, uh, you know, some song, some movie, something about uh, about Frankie Avalon. Dick, I am so honored 
to be able to share the stage with icons. And it really, I mean, these guys are musical legends between Jose Feliciano and Frankie Avalon. I mean, Frankie, you know, uh, th- this is a guy who, who performed with John Wayne and, and uh, you know, w- top of the billboard charts, top of, you know, a film star, uh, an incredible uh, musical giant. Uh, so he's going to be singing. Frankie's going to sing all of his hits. We're going to do some Christmas songs together. And I'm just elated that he said yes. I mean, I, I thought, well, I wonder if I could get Frankie Avalon to come out and do this with me. But uh, w- when he agreed, I was just bowled over. So, um, in fact, we were just talking the other day. We are going over some of the charts, and um, it's going to be just spectacular and a lot of fun. And, and that's what we wanted. I mean, it'll be all the things you want to hear, Venus, and he's going to do beauty school dropout, and, you know, uh, but we'll also have some Christmas flavor around the edge, too, and the band, and there's comedy, there's audience participation moments. It's, it's a great, fun show, you know, so I hope everybody will come out on December 15th. What, what a thrill. Out. Yeah. I, I, Bring I, your friends. To be with somebody like Frankie Avalon as well, uh, you know, I, I mean, the guy had something like 30 chart hits before he was 22 years old. Uh, oh, no, he's a and, giant. And, and here we are 60-some years later, and uh, he's still a giant, and, and he's going to be here with you uh, on stage. So, uh, folks, uh, that's Friday, December 15th at the State uh, downtown. Go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. And, uh, you know, folks have their uh, traditions or whatever around here, what they do for Christmas. What, what, what a great thing that would be if this were the start of an annual event. I'm not putting anything in, on, on your charts yet, Raymond, but uh, based on how things have gone so far and the success of the album, um, boy, I, I, I think I what, what you're doing here is uh, something so worthwhile that it's, 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 got, it's got some legs to it. Well, the other day, uh, you know, I've been getting uh, little missives. People will send me their Instagram, uh, you know, postings or uh, things they put on Twitter. And it's the family decorating the tree with the music ah, in the background. There you go. You know, uh, uh, Laura Ingram even sent me one the other day on Instagram. And I thought, you know, this is really what it's all about. It's really about weaving into the traditions of a family and lifting their spirits uh, during the holidays. I mean, there's nothing, there's no greater season. And the reason for that is because of who it points to. You know, it, the, the, it's not, Christmas isn't a, it's a, it's not a what, it's a who. And whether it's the wise men searching out that child or, or um, you know, angels proclaiming his arrival, uh, it all points to the same reality, that cradle in Bethlehem. And I think we need to remind ourselves of that and have a good time and enjoy each other and have a laugh. It's all one thing. God made us to be joyful. And I think to be joyful with him is an added bonus. And that's what I get to do. And he is the who that we're all about, Raymond. EWTN, yes, The Rock, Cleveland the Catholic truth. Radio. That's that's why we're here. That's who, why who we're here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I, if, if we have another second, um, yeah. we were talking about, um, oh, that medley. The medley of First Noel, the First Noel and... Um, uh, uh, we we magi. What I call yeah. three mag. We magi right. of Orient are. Now my arranger said, "Wait a minute, why are you changing the lyrics?" I said, "I'm changing the lyrics because there were no three kings. They weren't three kings. 
They were magi. The Gospel talks of them as magi. History points to the fact that they were magi, probably from Petra, which is just on the other side of the Dead Sea. By the way, that is east of Jerusalem, so they were from the Orient. East meaning Orient. Mm-hmm. Um, so I changed that lyric to, we magi of Orient are. And it didn't change, you know, it doesn't change the meter at all. It's perfect for the song. But for me, that was important um, because the, the, the historicity of that, when you dig into the history, as I did, you know, I wrote a book several years ago called uh, The Wise Men Who Found Christmas, and it really is all about this. It's the true story of the wise men. And they weren't kings, and they weren't three, and they weren't from the Far East. That's all, you know, kind of fictional overlay that happened over time. They were, they were magi, probably between 12 and 60. We have different accounts. The Syrian Church says one thing, but, you know, the, you have uh, the, the uh, other faiths who say other things. But, and they were probably descendants of the first temple priesthood in Jerusalem, living in exile in Petra, modern-day uh, modern Jordan. So uh, it, it, it's sort of fascinating to me. That whole history, again, I love origin stories. And so I thought, this is our opportunity to also tell that story of the wise men and give life to it. And when you hear our arrangement, it sounds like a spy thriller, Dick. It's kind of, guys, you know, it's like, it's like a spy thriller in the sand. They're trying to find this child, and it's kind of cool. Oh, outstanding. Uh, our guest has been Raymond Arroyo. Um, you all know him from his programs here on The Rock and EWTN Television at Raymond God bless you. Thank you for being with us today. Uh, a, a merry and bright Christmas and a holy Christmas to you and your whole family. And uh, you, you can see Raymond here on the 15th of, uh, of December, uh, Friday at the State Theater. Just go to RaymondArroyoChristmas.com. And uh, depending on your schedule, if you ever can stop in here at The Rock, we'd be glad to say hi and uh, welcome you here. Raymond Arroyo, once again, thank you. Continued success. And thanks oh, for bringing this new, this new way of looking at and listening to uh, Christmas music to all of us through your, uh, your CD, uh, Christmas Merry and Bright, and through the, the tour that will have you stopping here in Cleveland very shortly. Well, well, blessed Christmas to everybody, to you and Chris, Dick, and, and of course to all of our listeners, and I hope to see you all on the 15th at the Key State. Cannot wait. Thanks very much. Raymond Arroyo right here on AM 1260, The Rock.